Hi, welcome to the D&B Supply Lawn and Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Cook, and I am here to talk to you about lawns and gardening. For the past 16 years, I've been the host of the D&B Supply Garden Show on KIDO, and each Saturday morning, I have been on the radio talking to you about gardening. Um, this year, D&B Supply decided starting in 2021, a brand new year, a year that, that we all are going to need, that they're going to be doing a podcast rather than the radio show. And I am really excited to be able to begin doing this podcast. It's new to me, um, and I am excited about this, about giving this a try. For those of you that aren't familiar with me, I have been, like I said, doing the D&B Supply Garden Show for the past 16 years. My day job is I work for the city of Boise as one of their urban foresters, um, helping to take care of the trees of Boise. I've been an arborist for about, oh man, 25 years uh, before I worked for the city. I worked for the state and I was lucky enough to do, I worked for the Department of Lands and I worked with small communities, helping them develop an urban forestry program. While I'm an Idaho native, I got to visit a lot of little communities that I'd always heard about, but had never really visited. And so it was a very fun fun way for me to spend time was driving around visiting small communities. And it was a great way for me to learn more about my own state, which I really was happy about doing. I went to work for the city of Boise about 14 years ago, helping to take care of trees. And I love doing that. It's a great job. My mom was born at St. Luke's Hospital. My grandmother was born over in the Weezer area. My great grandmother was born in Mans Creek. So my history in Idaho goes way back. And all of my relatives seem to be garden. I can remember so well gardening with grandparents, gardening with my aunts, gardening with my mom. I hope my kids and grandkids have those same memories. I'll tell you what, one of the things that's going to be pretty exciting, I think, about this podcast is that not only am I going to be talking about gardening, but you're going to have an opportunity to ask me questions and visit with me as well. So one of the things that I would like you to do is take some notes, because if you have garden questions, I would love you to send them in and you can do it two different ways. You can either, you know, write up a question and send it in by email. And I'm going to give you the, you know, the ways that you can get those sent in. Or one of the things we would really love you to do is to do a voice memo. We will play your voice asking the question and I will answer your question on the podcast. And it's easy enough for you to be able to do that. If you are unfamiliar with it, I think that if you just search a voice it should pop right up on your app search. Once you record your question, you can either email it to us or you can send it by way of social media. We'll get it. I will get it. And we will be sure and answer your question on the podcast. If you email it to us, you can send it to get your pencils ready. Social at dbsupply.com and either your voice or your written question can be sent that way. Um, same way with social media. If you're going to use Facebook, you can send it to facebook.com forward slash dbsupply. If you're going to send it by Twitter, you can send it to twitter.com forward slash dbsupply or you can send it to Instagram at instagram.com forward slash DB supply. Any of those ways will get to us and we would be happy to answer your questions. Speaking of which, 
We have a question that was sent to us by a listener, and it is a voice memo, which I would love to listen to right now. Thank you so much for for sending us a question. Hi, this is Judy from Star. I have a question about feeding birds over the winter in my yard. What's the best way to ensure that they're getting what they need? I look forward to hearing your answer and listening to your new podcast. It's very exciting. Thank you. Hi, Judy. Thank you so much for your question. You know, one of the things that I found pretty interesting is that it's a great way to invite wildlife into your backyard by feeding the birds for one thing. The National Audubon Society estimates that nearly one third of the adult population feeds about, if you can imagine, a billion pounds of bird seed every year. It's fun to attract birds into your yard. I will say that one of the best ways to attract wildlife into your landscape is to try to plant a wildlife-friendly landscape and invite them in um, with natural food, but they can always use some help during the winter. I feed the birds year-round because I just love to have them come into my yard. And while I know that they feed on the seeds in my off the plants because I see them, they also use the feeder. I think that if you feed them a good seed, there are many seeds that you can buy that are filled with things that birds won't eat. And one of the things that I know that birds really don't like very much is something that's called Milo. And it's sometimes found more readily in the lower priced bird seed. So they will leave that and you can attract rodents and other things if it's left under your bird feeders. So there are bird seeds that are made from local seed uh, that you can find sometimes. Black oil sunflower seeds are probably a seed that will attract the most birds to your garden. And they have a nice, the black ones have a smaller thinner shell, which is good for um, different types of birds. They probably will attract the birds with the smaller beaks. The larger beaks will be attracted more and eat more of the striped seed, but typically will feed the black oil seeds. Millet, either the red or the white millet is uh, readily eaten and it attracts things like quail and doves. I think that it adding some suet feeders, which increases the fat content in a lot of that the birds are looking for. And I can certainly give some recipes of a quick way to make those suet feeders that you can buy. I will say though, that uh, you should probably hang those in a metal cage because the squirrels will take them otherwise. Niger thistle is a type of seed that's a small, tiny little seed, very high in oil, and it will attract things like the little goldfinches love those and the little nuthatches will eat those as well. Those are some things that you can use different types of feeders different types of feed. The best way to attract birds into your garden is with water. If you have some sort of a water source, moving water is even better. But if you have any kind of water source, the birds need the water not only to drink, but to bathe in because it helps insulate their feathers if they have clean feathers. So it's really important to be sure that you use, that you have clean water. The other thing that I'd suggest that you do that's really important if you're going to be feeding birds is to make sure that you keep your feeder really clean to avoid spreading diseases. 
Sometimes you might see birds at your feeder that have a weird growth on their head or on their foot. Sometimes their eyes look weepy or, you know, half closed, which is an indication that the birds have some sort of problem and could be spreading disease. So about um, once a month, it's recommended that you take your feeders down and that you scrub all the feeders really well and sanitize with a 10% bleach solution, which is easy enough to use just one part bleach to nine parts water. And you can dip your feeder right into like a bucket of that bleach solution and sanitize it really well and let it air dry before you fill your feeder back up. A clean feeder, making sure you have good clean water, which sometimes is hard to do on these cold winter days. They have de-icers that you can certainly put into your bird feeders to keep the the ice out of your bird feeder. And then just using a variety of feed and different types of feeders could be really, really helpful in in attracting a large variety of birds. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to, I'm going to give you a recipe on how to make a suet cake. And these are fun to do. They're fun to do and give to your neighbors or give to your kids or your grandkids or to invite them to help you make these because it's very fun. One of the things that you use in this recipe is suet. What is suet? It's just raw, hard fat of beef that's been ground up. You can typically find it in the meat section or you can certainly ask the butcher to you know, to grind some for you, but that's what it is and provides a lot of beneficial uh, fat for the birds. So fancy suet cakes is what they're calling this. You're going to use two cups of ground suet, which is about a pound of suet. One cup of peanut butter, and you can use the smoother, the chunky. And of course, birds love little crunched up peanuts. So, you know, why not use the crunchy as well? One cup of rolled oats. One cup of yellow cornmeal, one cup of wild bird seed mix, and one cup of sunflower seeds. You're going to melt the suet. When you get it, it's going to be hard and it's going to be white. Put it in a pan and melt it down and it will, you know, it will melt into a liquid. They say that if you let it cool down completely and then you melt it again, the melting the second time makes it harder when it's cooled the second time. If you want to take the time to do that, you don't have to, but if you want to, melt it twice uh, and it'll be a little bit harder. Remove it from the heat and then you're going to add the peanut butter. Stir it, of course, until it's all blended in. Then you're going to add all the other ingredients and then you're going to pour that into some sort of a mold. You can use cupcake papers, you know, so you've got little cupcake shaped um, things. You can put it into a you know, a foil lined pan. And then once it's cooled, you can cut it into the shape that you want it to. If it's going to fit inside of one of those suet cages that you can certainly buy, that's something you can do. And then once it's firm, you'll remove it from the molds and store it in, you know, wrap it up and then you can store it in the freezer until you need it. Just like any other kind of fatty material, it will go rancid if it's allowed to sit for very long out in room temperature or if it gets too warm. Typically, we don't leave suet out in the summer because it gets rancid so quickly and melts. I have another recipe for a shortening. It's made with vegetable shortening. It's a much softer seed cake and it's not even really a cake, but it's a really, it's soft enough that it's one of the things that they use in schools or like in preschools when kids are using it to put in pine cones. It's easy enough, 
you know, to put your pot to get between the, the petals of your pine cone. Um, and they're basically saying one cup of solid vegetable shortening, like a Crisco type stuff, a cup of peanut butter, three cups of cornmeal, one cup of cracked or whole wheat flour, and one cup of cracked corn. You basically melt that on together and you can spoon it into molds or you can fill the cracks and crevices of pine cones and then chill it. Once it's, you know, once it's solid, you're going to store it in plastic or, you know, in something and freeze it until you need it. It's fun to do with kids, like I said, for Christmas tree ornaments and hang them outdoor trees. Those are some ideas of some suet cakes that you could need. I have a lot of birds, wood, downy woodpecker, and hairy woodpeckers seem to really go for the suet. And like I said, I, I go through quite a lot of suet in the wintertime. Once they find that, they really seem to like it. I hope that's helpful for you. Watching birds, feeding birds is one of the things that I find most enjoyable. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a birder. I want to become better at it. But I'll tell you what, I spend a lot of time standing in my kitchen window watching the birds in my backyard. I find a lot of enjoyment. And I hope you do the same. Thank you so much, Judy, for the question. I hope you've learned something and I hope that I hope you have a good time feeding the birds. You know, I know that a lot of you have plants, holiday plants from Christmas time. You might have a poinsettia, you might have an amaryllis or paper whites that you had over the holidays. And now you're scratching your head, looking at those things, wondering what the heck am I going to do with these now? Well, you've got options. You can be ruthless and basically pitch them away and <laughs> wash your hands and be done with it. But if you want to keep them, I would say basically don't bother with the paper whites. Things that have been forced, those bulbs have been forced. They really are not going to bloom again for you indoors. They are, you could plant them outside, but if you were in a zone nine to 11, so it's way too cold for the bulbs to go in the ground around here. Get rid of your paper white bulbs. Amaryllis can be kept. And honestly, year after year, you may be lucky and get those things to bloom for you. I have certainly had luck doing that. You will keep them as a house plant. Plant. Once the flower stalk has finished blooming, cut off the flower stalk, but keep the leaves. And you're going to continue to grow those out through the rest of the winter. And then in the summertime, you can put them outside. Towards the end of summer, you will bring them back in, give them a little bit of dormant, about eight weeks of a dormant period, bring them back out. If they have been um, fertilized, more than likely they will bloom for you again. I've had good luck doing that. Poinsettias. What about those? Well, like I said, you can get rid of them or you can keep them. I, I know people that have kept these things for five years or more, spend the time that it takes to get them to color up again in the fall, and they are absolutely gorgeous. So what can you do? How do you do that? Well, one of the things you're going to do is don't put them in direct sunlight. Keep them in bright light, but not direct light. Water them normally. They're going to probably get kind of leggy and start dropping leaves towards, you know, mid, late winter, early spring, probably. At that point, you can, you don't have to, but you can cut them back and you can cut those things back to about six inches if you want to. But then when the nights get to be above about 50 degrees, 
You're going to move them outside, put them in a nice spot where they get good morning sun and keep them outside. You can pinch them back in the map mid-July if you think that you want to promote some fullness of those plants. And then when the nights start to drop down to about 55 degrees or so, maybe the end of September, first part of October, you'll bring them in. If you want them to color up again, there's a little magic trick to it where poinsettias need to be kept in complete darkness for 12 to 14 hours a day for about 10 weeks. So so it entails either covering them with a box, moving them into a closet, moving them into a dark room. But I'll be darned, they'll color up for you and you can continue to do that year after year and end up with an absolutely gorgeous plant. So I hope that answers a few of your questions about now what am I going to do with these plants? I hope that what you will do is give me a call, leave me a voice memo, send me an email and ask some questions about what you might do in your garden in February. Some ideas might be worm composting. If you don't have room for a compost bin, what about worm composting or vermiculture? Have you considered that? You might have some questions about dormant spray, about your house plants. What about soil testing? Is it time to plant anything now? What about my seeds? How can I test the germination of those seeds? So those are some questions you might consider. And once again, it is easy peasy to ask me a question. You can do it, uh, like I said, with a voice memo. You can do it with an email and you can send those several different ways. You can send them by email to social at dbsupply.com. You can send them by on social media to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, which would be facebook.com forward slash dbsupply, instagram.com forward slash dbsupply, or twitter.com slash DB Supply. So send me a question, send me a voicemail. I'd love to use your voice on the air and hear your question live. Judy, thank you so much for participating in the podcast. I loved hearing your question and I will be back in February to talk to you a little bit more about gardening and answer some of your garden questions. Thanks so much for listening and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye. 